Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hello there, welcome to the Big Mark Show. Today I'm here with David Zock. He's from the band Remedy Drive, and um, David is heavily involved in the fight against human trafficking and uses his music to bring awareness and light into the darkness of slavery. Since 2013, David has worked as an undercover operative with the Exodus Road organization to identify perpetrators and provide freedom to survivors of trafficking. This is a cause we could all get behind. So let's kick off the interview now on this edition of the Victor March Show. David, welcome to the uh, to show, man. I appreciate you taking some time to hang out and let's let's visit. Thanks, Victor. It's been it's been really fun finding out about you in the last few days, and and uh, it's an honor to talk to you. Yeah, I feel like I know you now after watching some some videos and stuff. <laughs> well, well, you do. We, you know, we're so transparent and real. That's what people say. Um, I just go, we're you know, we're too old and busy to have the energy for image maintenance. So we just, <laughs> this is us, right? Um, one of the things that, and it's interesting that we're visiting today on this, because our organization is, I would say, effective in the space of counter sex trafficking and pedophiles. And uh, that's, that's actually just one line of effort that we do, you know, cause we care about the trauma that, you know, that needs to be dealt with afterwards and a lot of other things from safe houses to what a few weeks ago, we got nine women who were held captive by ISIS, made sex slaves, married into ISIS, had children, they were separated. We just were part of a, some teams that got them back out of Syria into Iraq, and they've been in our safe house, uh, them and their kids. Uh, mm. And they were reunited. All the children are under five. But there's so much going on. I'll be speaking to military teams and bases here. But here's my point, kind of just an overview of what we do. I have people that come on social media or contact us, and they say, I want to be on your team. I feel called to be on your team. I got to be on your mm. team. And we have to politely decline by saying, one, our teams are pretty full. But what we do specifically, like our core teams, require a lot of experience. Because, uh, I mean, there are times we're hunting pedophiles. And it's just not, you know, some people, they want to go kick a door you know, they think they're going to repel upside down with a, you know, a <laughs> knife in their mouth and rescue children. Uh, and it's really not the way it is, you, you know, yeah. so a lot of investigation, a lot of intelligence. But what impressed me about you, you had the desire, but you didn't like, you know, put dark marking under your face and get Rambo right away. You're like, hey, my platform, Elaine, is music. I can bring awareness to this. And you've done a really good job. And consequently, you were able to do some operations as well, right? And see kind of firsthand what's it about. 
So thank you for that. And thank you for being an example. So what would you yeah. encourage someone who's watching or listening right now that goes, I just want to get in the back. I want to be on the tip of the spear. What would you, what would you tell them? I hear that a lot. You know, I, I talk to okay. a lot of people at, at concerts. I've probably heard that a hundred times or yes. more. Yeah. And so I started, I started on our website. I'd started a, a page, just a page, just telling what creative things people have done mm. because I felt the same way. Right. And it's easy. It's easy to be dismissive because so many people end up not doing anything. But right. I, on the other hand, so many people do end up doing incredible things in the direction of freedom and mercy right. and compassion. And using my band, like you said, to shine a light on injustice, to shine a light on, on slavery and on uh, the refugee crisis at the same time. Like, that's what I have. That's the currency that I have. You have a military background. I don't have that particular currency. I don't have that particular set of skills, but I do have the set of skills at making music. So my initial response to somebody to say, maybe a starting point for you is to use the skills, the currency that you already have, spend that currency on the counter-trafficking movement or on um, taking the cause of oppressed and marginalized people. And I do have a belief that that person's journey is not going to look like yours or mine because our journeys right. are different. Right. But there is a unique path for yes. them. And when they take that steps, the waters will also divide for them as they did for Moses when he brought a million people to their freedom. So I don't, it doesn't have to look like what Victor Marks or what David Zox did. Love it, man. Brother, that's gold right there. We could end right there. And, you know, we've benefited from your sage wisdom, <laughs> David. Uh, it's, it, I just it's, curate curate things i've heard from from people i look up to and well because it breaks your heart when you see somebody so passionate and they're wanting to get in the fight and yeah. it's like not one you know i i made this comment today because i made a post i said not one position is more important than the other teamwork is what's dream work it's people working together you know we have people that pray for us that pray for us that we don't even know. And yet when we're doing things, we see the favor of God. I mean, I'm talking about even just getting through a checkpoint. We're like, hmm. how are we going to get back from Syria into Iraq? Because ISIS wants to kill us right now. And then we know people praying or we'll text. Prayer is the best thing people can do. And then the reality is some people just aren't intercessors. Not, you know, they, they want to do something else. People give, right? Yeah. Uh people support and i go look prayer to me makes it possible what we do financial support determines the number of people that we can actually help that's just kind of the practical side of things and yeah. then all the other support elements of people going i know someone here or hey i own this type of business could you use this or that or whatever it is, or you to pick up a phone and go, you text someone and go, Hey, we, we need entry into this area. Yeah. I know someone Yeah. to, you know, people making little gifts, gloves, scarves that we've handed out to kids who are going to be cold. So I agree with you so much. The, the waters will part if people just seek first the kingdom of God, because we have to seek him. That's a huge payday. The fruit of what we do and what he does through us 
To me, that's secondary. That's just affirming our relationship with him. But again, I said this morning, I said, some of you just need to stay home and be a good dad and husband. Uh, you know, some of you wives need to love your husband in such a way that it encourages him. And, and maybe some of you need to be a foster parent to kids that are jammed up in a system right now that uh, need a home and need love. So, which I think that's one of the, that's one of the most heroic things that anybody's doing these days, in my opinion. Me and you care. both agree. Agree. I, I tell people, you want to help, you want to help move the needle in sex trafficking, foster a kid in yeah. a good godly home. That that's the part that many people don't want to hear. They're like, well, I would just rather hug a kid who's. I'm like, man, take one, and that's the hard work. I agree with you completely. Well, David, why in the world would you get interested in this type of stuff and be involved in it for so long, which is impressive in itself? Well, I spent, I've, I've spent over two decades making music for a living. That's my day job. And I love it. I love playing music. I love writing songs. I've been working on a, a new instrumental idea today. There's just something so important about melodies. Like I need them in my life. Um, but over towards the end of the 2000s, I started getting this restlessness. That is the restlessness that we all have that you described when someone comes up and says, I just want to get involved. And it just kept on building. When I saw, um, to pair what you said earlier, Frederick Douglass, I read this quote. He says, I prayed for 20 years, but never got an answer. So I started praying with my feet. <laughs> and I, I loved how his drive and Martin Luther King Jr., his drive it started just I'd listen to Martin Luther King Jr.'s last speech every year, several years in a row. And towards the end, he says, now is the time for us to develop a kind of dangerous unselfishness. Mm. And when you hear that man say that, stepping into the next day, which is the day they, sh they killed him, just this growing restlessness that came to a head when my daughter said to me after watching the Coney 2012 documentary, I don't know if you remember it put out by Invisible yeah. Children. We're both crying. She's looking at this this particular kind of evil slavery where there's ch children being kidnapped and forced into uh, carrying guns at the age of eight mm. and ten. And Ava says, "Dad, she was five years old. Dad, why not God protect those boys?" Wow. And for me, that was like the final straw and the final nudge I needed to say, "I am going to make music specifically about this justice issue here." And um, in order to do it, I had to leave my record label. They weren't interested in, in songs about slavery and, and refugees and boy soldiers. And the brilliant part for me and why I have confidence saying to anybody hearing that the waters will part for you when you move down that path, I started writing songs. Matt Parker, who founded the Exodus Road, knew about Remedy Drive because of the radio in Colorado Springs. And he, fl he flew to Nashville looking for bands to talk about the work of the organization. And he had no idea that I had already pivoted and was in the middle of writing this album, Commodity. I'm a soul inside a body. I'm not a commodity. Mm. So that was how it all started. I met him. Wow. And he took me with him on an exploratory trip a couple months later. And that was my first of 13 deployments so far. Wow. Thank you. And thank God for your little girl. Yeah. <laughs> and from the mouth of babes, right? I, I've definitely been moved by children, both who question and wonder, 
and then those who, gosh, we've helped that yeah. just go, wow, the, these are the courageous ones. You know, people, people said, oh, you know, y'all are getting shot at by ISIS and they want to kill you. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a moment in time. These kids and women, they live this stuff daily. They're the, yeah. they're the courageous ones. And yeah. I am so thankful for the awareness that's being brought. And I'm excited about, well, I'm excited about meeting you and, and hearing what, what God has done in your life and that you're willing to step off your record label. I mean, that's the thing that gets me. It's such a, a struggle when people need to, they just need to be willing to obey God no matter what. Just if you're, if you're willing to obey him and trust him to go, Lord, whatever you want, I'm for that. Then it's a lot easier. I mean, it's faith, but it's easier. There's not this unnecessary struggle of uh, God saying, give me all your heart so I can use you in greater ways. And I've been there. I mean, I've had to make promises to the Lord earlier on where I was saying, Lord, if you let me live Hmm. or this or that, I'll give you even more of me. You know, I won't withhold anything. And he's never, ever, ever disappointed. It's only been a blessing. So I want to know about this new song you wrote recently. Yeah. Tell us about this, man. Just when you were just talking, I was thinking about all the reasons that make sense logically not to um, take some of the pretty literal instructions from Scripture seriously. Oh, yeah. Um, and one of them would be, you know, let the little children come to me and mm. don't, for, don't forbid them for such are the kingdom of heaven. And there's, there is something unique that I don't understand. I'm not a theologian about children, especially. And whether it's as an individual or a lot of times when um, in scripture, you, you see uh, instruction for nations and the way nations to treat vulnerable people, specifically vulnerable people um, looking for shelter, looking for refuge. So I see, I look at scripture the 2,100 times the oppressed and the marginalized are mentioned. And then I look at the reality of this movement in the United States that we call Christianity. And Mm. I see this, I see the disparity. I I see palaces that we spend an hour in on Sunday morning being the main emphasis, singing, talking, and praying. And I see emergencies all over the place. And specifically the one that, that you are going down to uh, be involved in. It's an emergency. There should be hundreds of Christian lawyers offering their services for free down there. There should be hundreds of humanitarian uh, aides giving a sip of water to somebody, right. you know, uh, right. all the, I mean, there's so many literal, literal instructions on what we're supposed to do in situations like this from scripture. Mm. And, and I love how Isaiah says it. If you spend yourself on behalf of the oppressed, then your light will rise like the noonday and I will go before you but if you read it, it also says, I'm going to watch your back. Mm. So I'm still answering a question about my song, but I was, I'm also commenting on what you no, said. Earlier, I, like, I'm loving this. It's an amazing thing. If we gathered as a people group with the confidence that we, if we do the right thing, if we love these hurting children on, that are, that are running from violence, a lot of the violence caused mm. because of my countries, not their country, my country 
addiction to cocaine and, and drugs that are, it's fueling a good portion of that violence. So I see the dehumanizing ways in which these precious children are talked about from those in power, whether it's behind the pulpit or um, in positions of power in government, and it, it hurts me. And uh, it's hurt me for, for quite a long time to, to see such precious and important people be marginalized, whether it's kids from Syria or oh. kids from Honduras or El Salvador or Guatemala or Mexico. So I, on the album, the album's Amago Amor, which is the image of love in Latin and Spanish. There's a song called Caravan Princess. And I started it around the time, if you remember Notre Dame burning down, uh-huh. and how we responded as, as an international community so quickly to this crisis of a building burning <laughs> uh-huh. and how slow in comparison we're to responding to such important crises that involved literal, the temple of Holy Spirit, and remembering that she is the temple of Holy Spirit. She is the image of the divine being crushed by wolves on the airwaves and on the borderline. Precious, majestic caravan princess with careless hair and fierce eyes. I was unaware when I entertained an angel in disguise. I know there's people listening or watching right now. And, uh, you know, they just feel the reality of God's heart toward these kids, these girls. And it's evil. The only way my mind can rationalize the things that we've seen, the the kids we've held, and it—I mean, it doesn't—it doesn't matter what country, you know. I get that. I get that a lot. I get conservative Christian America. There's, you know, I call a radical aspect of them that are like, stop helping kids from other countries. We have our own problems. And I, I hear that so much, and I they write it on social media. I'm like, why does it have to be either or? How about both and? Because it's it's the Lord that said, suffer not the little ones that come under me, all kids. And, you know, for years, David, my wife and I, just by ourselves, when we started the ministry, we would take a van and drive to youth prisons around the country. Kids are incarcerated, eight years old up. And we met with and talked to and heard the stories of literally tens of thousands of kids. I mean, we have over 6,000 letters Hmm. incarcerated youth have written us by hand, some in crayon because they're not allowed to hold something sharp. And we Hmm. saw the pain. We, We saw the hurt. And, of course, the majority of it was caused by lack of a structured home the pain and abuse. I remember we were at one girl's facility in Georgia and we asked the warden, we said, how many of these girls do you think have been sexually abused? And he didn't even hesitate. He had hundreds of girls there. He goes, all of them, all of Mm. them. So it's for those listening, it's all the children of the world, red, brown, yellow, black, white. I don't get this whole racist thing. I, I really don't. I get prejudiced because I'm from the South and I've seen it. But man, when you become a Christian, there's no color. I mean, when I was in the Marine Corps, I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, hey, man, when we served in the Marines, what color were we? Hmm. He goes, green. We were all green, just light green and dark green. 
that was don't yes we're just shades of different and i just think we need to man we need to come back off that with so much hatred that's going on i know the lord gets angry when kids are hurt he himself said it's better for a man to have a millstone tied around his neck and thrown into the deepest part of sea right and that's he didn't say kill the man first and then chunk him he said just it's better for him to be dropped so i i think the protective hearts of moms the protective hearts of dads those of us who have kids we feel god's heart on that so what do we do what is the next step someone listening can do right you know you you quote that millstone passage it says if you stumble a child like i'm scared for my kids to be on social media not because of cardi b there's always going to be cardi b and song of solomon type stuff out there <laughs> i'm right. scared of my kids developing an understanding of christianity based on the things that christians write on social media you know what i mean i'm scared for my kids to think that christianity is that sort of um, xenophobia that you talk about that fear of people from syria or fear of people from latin america or fear of losing cultural power cultural dominance that fear of that persecution complex that 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 whole thing that's based on this idea this supremacy that our way is best and our way of seeing the world is best and their way is not as good and if they come here they're going to taint what is the best way to view the world what a terrible view that and so that the race thing that you brought up that that's kind of baked into our system and it's something that we need to be addressing as parents for sure to say hey there's there's some lies that society's going to tell you and there's some lies from people that call themselves christians and a lot of preachers that you're going to read on social media and i want you to tell you that that is so far from the heart of the creator the maker that idea that's somebody to be scared of and i don't know how it snuck in i honestly don't and i'm i i would like to live in a world that's different and I don't have much to offer to that as in the same way, not, not, none of us have a lot to offer to that, but we have a little bit. I have five loaves of bread and I have two fish and a good reason not to go down and and help Victor Marks on the border is because someone listening might think, well, I just, all I got is my lunch, but I want to be like that kid Mm -hmm. that came up to Jesus Christ and said, Hey, Jesus, here's my lunch. I know there's 10,000 people hungry, but here, can we start with this? And I don't know what that is for whoever's listening, but it could be, you know, like driving a van full of food down to the border, just delivering it to you, you know, taking 20 yeah. hours out of your life to drive all the way down and all the way back up <laughs> <laughs> and, and reading and listening to the stories of these different groups of people that we're talking about and believing their stories and realizing that these are people with real stories. I saw a documentary of people in one of the caravans with, Bibles, just praying and hoping that somebody like that, they'd meet somebody like Victor. You know what I mean? That's what they're praying. They're praying for you to be there for them, to take their cause, to plead their cause. They're pleading for everyday Americans that that radical faction that you mentioned earlier wouldn't hold on to power so that they would be able to just feed their family. What if we believed that narrative? Our lives would be different. My wife used to make sandwiches and take our children to a park, Kapiolani Park in Hawaii, and feed the homeless. She just backed the van up, take the sandwiches out, 
and just go feed the homeless. And she goes, I don't know. That's something I can do. Yeah. Listen, this has gone way too fast. My producer just said, hey, got to wrap this up. Will you <laughs> hang out one more day for us so we can do one more? Can you do it? I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everyone, listen, this, what a treat this has been. David Zaki's an advocate in the fight against human trafficking, which has inspired his music and mission in his rock band, Remedy Drive. He's a lead singer. He's a songwriter. And he's performed uh, at colleges and festivals all over the world since 2013. He's been volunteering. And uh, this is impressive. His organization, his band, they've contributed, raised over half a million dollars in donations and in-kind gifts to this work. And I'm just, I have a ton of respect for this brother. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. Full throttle. Go get it done. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.